Joining us for a conversation is Judson Coulter of Rover Metals. Mr. Coulter, thank you for joining us today, sir. Thank you again for having me, Maurice. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be speaking with you today as Rover Metals has just consummated a new acquisition representing approximately 30,000 acres of green stone belt that will offer shareholders exposure to critical minerals. Before we begin, Mr. Coulter, please introduce us to Rover Metals and the exciting opportunity the company presents to shareholders. Yeah, Rover Metals, we're a junior mining company and uh, we've just pivoted out of precious metals so that our portfolio now also includes critical minerals and um, you know, we're really excited about, you know, government policy plus just, um, you know, forecasted demand for EV vehicle sales for starting in 2023 and forward. Mr. Coulter, take us to the 60th parallel in the Northwest Territories and let's get acquainted with Rover Metals' newest acquisition, the Indian Mountain Lake VMS project, which from initial assessments seems to have a lot of blue sky potential. I understand the Indian Mountain Lake is a brownfields project comprising 30,000 acres of greenstone belt with a historic resource hosting zinc, lead, silver, and copper. Mr. Coulter, I have a map before us of the Indian Mountain Lake. Tell us more. Uh, no, I mean, we, we actually, Rover's been trying to get this project since 2018, um, you know, just because of, we, you know, we've obviously been working up in the 60th parallel since 2016. We like the project, you know, before the, you know, this buzz that we're seeing here in 2022, critical minerals, we liked it in 2018 because it had, you know, really, I mean, first of all, a ton of greenstone belt that's been unexplored, but also that Randfields Historic Resorts, um, you know, buried into that historic resource, which we'll get to later in the interview, there's 5 million ounces of silver. So that that attracted us uh, when we were just a precious metals company in, um, you know, back in 2018. So, you know, the, the project, you know, as you said, located at the 60th parallel. So instead of working uh, west of Yellowknife, where, you know, we've been working on our gold project, now we're working, you know, just east of Yellowknife. Um, all the existing goodwill and relationships with regards to First Nations, you know, government relationships, government grants, um, government agenda for infrastructure, you know, all that uh, is a value add for this project. Um, you know, work goes back to the 1940s. Um, you know, we three, per, you know, I think one of the exciting things about the project is that historic resorts only coming from three percent of that thirty thousand acres greenstone belt so um you know really a great fit for our company um and our shareholders yeah and you said this only comprises of three <laughs> percent that's <laughs> that's that blue sky we're talking about right there <laughs> well i think one of the number one criticisms from institutional investors now for rover we've been a publicly traded company now since you know 2018 so you know, roughly six years uh, has been the size of our land package and not having, you know, quote unquote, a district scale land package. You know, and that was another reason we wanted this project in 2018, because it gives us a district scale land package with a ton of blue sky exploration. I mean, tell me where in a secure political jurisdiction in the world you can acquire 30,000 acres of greenstone belt. You know that you know we've staked every single part of that so 
you know, that, that in itself is, you know, a huge win for shareholders. Now, will the Indian Mountain Lake project be considered a second flagship or is this a non-core asset for Rover Metals? No, I, this would actually, well, I would consider this to be, given the Brownfields nature of this project, I would consider it to be, um, you know, our flagship asset. It has the potential, even really, you know, just on in and around the historical areas, you know, never mind, you know, the, you know, the roughly, you know, 20,000 hectare or sorry, acres hasn't been explored, you know, just in and around the historical um, resource, it has the potential to be, you know, a tier one um, copper and zinc asset. Now, you know, it's really the blue sky on the project is really copper. These, this is a VMS project. There's stringer zones uh, to the zinc uh, lead silver area that are just all copper and then had very limited historical buildings. So we actually see the ability to make a huge copper discovery on this project. Um, and, you know, I mean, you guys, you have, I think it was you, uh, Maurice, that had asked me to watch Robert Freeland's interview on copper being, you know, the new oil. And, you know, really, so we're poised to become really an energy company. Um, and we should talk later in the interview just about the government incentives, both in Canada and the U.S., that are really going to support critical minerals moving forward here. Well, thank you for recognizing me, sir. I greatly appreciate that. <laughs> well, what can you, you know, we we have a historic resource here, but can you tell us a little bit more about the genetic model? Yeah, I mean, the the good news here is, is that there was uh, some exploration here done in the 90s. And, you know, it's actually a company that was acquired by De Beers. It was looking for diamonds in this area. And we believe that data is still available to us. So, you know, what we're going to do is get that, get access to that airborne data. I mean, you know, to fly LIDAR today, that's a half million dollars, right? So in terms of the genetic model, that's going to only improve as, as you know, again, we're, we're looking to get this um, airborne data and add this in. But, you know, what we have right now are, um, a bunch of historical zones uh, that, uh, you know, really, we even have the workings of a block model on a resource. And, you know, then there's on top of like four known historic zones, if you, you're talking about that map we have of the Indian Mountain Project, you know, that has got historical showings all over it, right? Mm -hmm. So the genetic model is VMS exploration, um, huge amount of zinc, blue sky um you know and uh, and and copper as well um and uh so you know and you know having if we you know if this project let's just say we're, we're to go you know to the next level having you know an abundance of silver that's grading 130 grams per ton you know that tends to make some of these you know industrial metal refinery projects profitable when you could sell them uh you know an industrial mineral or critical mineral that's got such a high kicker on pressure metals, you know, that, that could open the door for some investment for us down the road too. Right? What can you talk, uh, tell us about the infrastructure? Yeah, the infrastructure, it's, uh, first of all, so it's 190 kilometers east of the city of Yellowknife at that 60th parallel. 
In the winter months, you can ice road from Yellowknife up uh, the eastern arm of Great Slave Lake into the project. Um, in, you know, sort of non-winter months after breakup in spring, so for part of spring, all of summer and fall, you've got barge access. And if you've ever been downtown Yellowknife, there's several barges just um, basically at anchor right in Old Town uh, available for this type of work. You barge supplies up the eastern arm of Yellowknife, expiration drill, uh, fuel, um, right to, um, you know, essentially, the, you know, Thompson Landing, which is a deep sea port. And then from there, you use fixed wing or, uh, you know, helicopters to transport supplies and uh, right from Thompson Landing in the site. So just logistic costs, huge savings there for northern exploration. But at the same time, if this project were to move to the next level, which is, you know, trying to get, um, you know, essentially crushed ore down to the rail line, well, you've got the ability to go south across Great Slave to the railhead there at Hay River. Um, and that railhead actually feed, feeds into uh, Tech Resources Refinery in Trail BC. So, you know, good infrastructure. I would also, you know, bring up the fact that there's a huge priority in both the federal and territorial government um, in the Northwest Territories and the government of Canada to upgrade the, the Tolston Hydro Dam, which is just south of this project. Relatively speaking, you know, Canada is a big country, so it's, it's relatively just south of the project, but they're talking about twinning or, or sorry, not twinning, but upgrading um, the power into Yellowknife. And, you know, one of the proposed routes is having hydro cables go underneath uh, the eastern arm of Great Slave Lake. So, you know, if if we're doing our job right, then we're going to be able to meet that lobby for government, um, you know, to really get hydro nearby uh, to this project. Right. So that'll be part of our part of our lobbying efforts um, with this project. Well, it sounds very intriguing. What are the goals this year on the Indian Mountain Lake? Goals for, uh, we have exploration goals for one. Uh, you know, goal is, is we do want to acquire that airborne data, uh, work using that, you know, in connection with having relocated. Right now, there's, they've got 90% of the historic drill collards all relocated. So layer on that airborne data, um, do some ground geophysics, as well as trying to leak, uh, relocate the remainder of those, um, you know, sort of 10% of historic drill holes. And then, you know, it's really using all that data to define the drill targets, um, you know, for a phase one drill program. And um, so that's, uh, that's one of the items. The other item will be really working with the First Nation neighbors, the, you know, the community of Litsoquay that is close to the project. Um, starting to build good relationships there, including building a team, you know, really amongst um, our management, um, you know, that, that we can really use to, to build a good working relationship. Um, currently, we've been working with Yellowknife and, and uh, you know, Yellowknife area, uh, First Nations. So working with the Let's Okay will be, you know, a relationship that we, that we get to work on here um, in the next year as well. Realizing that you have to work through the data, do you have a timeline when you think exploration will begin? And then, here's the added on question to that, do you think you'll be conducting twin drilling or any step out drilling? Well, the 
the the first part of that is going to be you know again acquiring that airborne data and doing some ground geophysics i think that work can start you know even in the winter months like even come march like some of that ground geophysics uh, march april um and you know then the next step would be uh you know hopefully as soon as next summer we do we do want to definitely twin uh as well as do step out drilling uh you know um, some like, you know, I think 10% of the next drill program, you know, we probably want to do a $2 million drill program really to, to do as a minimum to do, you know, the, do the project justice. So yeah, there, there'd be a combination of, of twin and step out really. I think we'd want to just convert those historical zones, you know, um, you know, into sort of almost a, you know, a, for an internal um, inferred resource, uh, focusing on those those internal zones, right? Well, you have us all intrigued. What can shareholders expect in terms of news flow for the remainder of the year? Well, yeah, I mean, I can tell you that we've been following, you know, both the Biden government's, you know, Inflation and Energy Act, as well as, you know, here in Canada, the Trudeau government's, um, you know, yeah, critical energy policy, which is supposed to be out in September. Um, and, you know, we're, as a result of policy direction at the government level, you know, huge tax incentives, um, you know, not to mention, you know, there's going to be billions of dollars in, in, you know, incentive funding, as well as a lot of ESG institutional investment for these types of projects. So we are looking for, you know, we've just added copper and zinc on the critical, critical mineral list. So we are continuing to look for value-add projects that are in that critical mineral supply chain. You know, for example, um, you know, under Biden's Energy Act, starting in 2023, 40% critical minerals used in an EV car have to be sourced in NAFTA. Like that's substantial, and that that scales up into 80% in 2027. Right, so. Um, you know, we're certainly continuing to just, you know, look at U.S. and Canada-only assets. Um, and uh, if it makes sense, um, you know, and listen, there's there's also there's some gold projects that we'd like to do. So, um, you know, there's, there, you know, so I think investors can look forward to seeing, you know, a news flow, um, some additional projects uh, on top of this Indian Mountain Lake. I mean, I would expect to see this deal close and you'd have that announced. Uh, one of our next announcements, um, but then shortly thereafter, um, you know, hopefully, um, certainly in Q4, we are looking to add uh, one additional asset. Switching gears, let's get into some numbers. Mr. Coulter, please provide the capital structure for Rover Metals. Yeah, for sure. So we have uh, 160 million shares outstanding, rounded up. Now that represents ownership of our gold projects that we have, including the Cap and Gold project, as well as you know the acquisition of this Indian Mountain uh, Lake project. Um, and um, and you know we've I think we've to date we've invested about four and a half million in exploration of cabin. So that's also still reflected in our in our share structure. In closing, sir, what would you like to say to shareholders? I just would, you know, I, I, I really believe that we're, if you're in the right sector of the junior mining space, we're poised for, you know, a bit of a bubble here. I think you, you've got government 
on site telling the large producing mining companies that they need to develop North American NAFTA jurisdiction critical minerals projects. And, you know, if they want to supply, you know, the, the big four, um, you know, plus Toyota and, and companies that have manufacturing facilities on the ground for EV vehicles. So, you know, I, I really think that, you know, as we move to 2023 um, and onwards, uh, that there's really, you know, this is going to be a very hot space. I think we're already seeing, you know, copper and lithium stocks out there or, you know, graphite, you know, some of these um, these great assets and, and great locations. We're starting to see some of those juniors perform really well. Um, and that's certainly something we benchmarked ourselves against as, as a junior mining company, um, you know, is, is which companies have performed really well in the last, you know, nine months when, you know, in the past nine months, a lot of precious metals companies just really haven't performed of the expirations. So, you know, we've, we've certainly um, looking at, uh, you know, where we see the future and, you know, I think that, you know, that's a, you know, pretty much testament to why, uh, why we're headed down this path. Last question. What did I forget to ask? I think we've covered it all. I mean, I think, you know, the, you know, really the, the, the government policies, if you were to drill down on them, um, that I mentioned, we could, I could guess go into a little bit more detail on that, but, you know, for one, uh, you know, this is a critical minerals, almost like a national, uh, safety policy for protecting our economies, um, the need, the priority to develop these, um, you know, really for national security. I mean, it's you can't be reliant on these types of minerals from hostile countries. And this is like something that I just take personal pride in, um, you know, that we're, that we're actually working hard to build these projects to the next level here at home. Mr. Coulter, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today. Wishing you and Rover Metals the absolute best, sir. Hey, thank you, Maurice. The information presented on Proven and Probable is provided for educational and informational purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. The information is not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice, or any other advice. You should not make any financial, investment, or trading decision based on any of the information presented without first undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional broker or competent financial advisor. 